This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of radio. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 386. The 386th episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast is a creator corner. Oh yeah, that's right. And the creator that I have cornered for this episode is, is well, it's a, he's a, he's a, it's a banger of a guest, man. I couldn't come back, you know, after all this time with just anybody. You know, I told him, I got, I got, I got a, mm, who is it? It's <laughs> Tony freaking Fleeks, people. Tony freaking Fleeks is here. This is, this is exciting to me. And it's probably exciting to you if you've been in the comic book industry in the last year at all. You know, whether you read Stray Dogs or not, you know about it. And if you don't, then I am pleased to bring <laughs> this to your, uh, to your attention because good lord. Good lord, this series is amazing, and we talk all about it in depth, Tony, Fleeks, and I, and, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna get right down to it, I'm not gonna stall anymore, people, I'm very, very excited to bring you back the first Creator Corner in quite some time, Tony Fleeks. Right on, Tony, man, how you doing? I'm great, man. I'm happy to be here. Hey, is this a video podcast or is it an audio podcast? Uh, it's it's audio. Okay, it's cool. Audio. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I mean, I could use the video if you want. Um, <laughs> no, I'm looking way. beautiful. I, I feel like I've lost a lot of weight, you know. So I think, you know, as you can see in the picture, I mean, just you can see it. Everybody else could have to take our word for it, but 
I grew my hair back. I'm doing good. 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 Now. You're looking good. We're, we got Thanks. this. You're, you're, you got a, you got a face for a con coming up. That's for sure. You got a, you, you got an approachable face. That's true, man. Denver, Denver Comic Con this weekend, uh, and then we're we're also doing a signing the day before on Thursday at Mile High Comics. And yes, yes, the pre-party. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty busy. And I, I'm just coming from Heroes Con, uh, so hopefully, hopefully everything goes well. I'm I'm excited about it. Awesome, man. Have Have you uh, been to Mile High Comics before? I have. Yeah, this is the warehouse, right? Yeah, yeah. Did they, didn't they move to a different warehouse at some point recently? Um, in the last eight years, they did. So this is their second warehouse. Um, they've been at this spot, I want to say eight or nine years now. Um, I'm sure right off of, this one. But I'll, I'll find out on Thursday, I guess. Yeah, man. That's the Mecca. I mean, if you haven't been, you're going to be blown. Even, even if it's been a month since you've been in there, you can go in there and be wild just because it's he's always changing shit. He just bought a million-dollar collection this week, so... Amazing. Yeah, I love that place. Well, I'm from Colorado originally. I mean, not originally, but I grew up in Colorado. Okay. And so Mile High is like very special to me. Like I just remember seeing the ads in, in Marvel Comics and then being like, that is in that's just 60 miles from here. You know, I, I grew up in Colorado Springs. So oh, okay. Right on, man. At the time, I think we even had a mile high, like they had a store down there. Isn't that right, Chris? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Sounds right. He's, he's, he's sprinkled his stores around. I mean, he's had one out in California for a small p- period too. So, yeah. But, so this is like the second time that I'll be signing at mile high, but even like, no matter what going in that place as a professional, like you'll see your books on the wall sometimes. And it's just like, Holy shit, this is my high comics. This is real. Yeah, man. Oh, it's, it, it, uh, I, I'm excited. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it in on Thursday, but you're definitely going to see me there with my, my media credentials throughout the weekend bothering you. So I'm, I'm excited for fan expo. It's the second year fan expo has been in Denver. They did like a 60% capacity one last year. And I think it went over well, probably the best con Denver seen in five or six years, to be honest. So is it pretty so, much the same setup as Denver comic con was? Or yeah. Is it- oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's just got different colors and names is all, right. but, um, but, and bigger names. That's, that's the big thing is bigger names coming. Um, it's, yeah, not seventy percent cancellations. You know, like that's that's the nice thing about Fan Expo, so right? Far. Right. We'll see what happens. Yeah, man. Well, Tony, you've uh, you've taken the world by storm in the last couple of years, man. With the uh, with Stray Dogs, um, there you've you've definitely gotten on a lot of people's radars. Um, but I, I I gotta kind of back up a little bit before we get to Stray Dogs. I mean, have you always been a comic book person? I mean, is it always been a love of yours, or did you? fall into it late under certain circumstances no pretty much my whole life like growing yeah. up i was either i was always either gonna be like an animator or i was gonna make comic books and then i went to college for animation and then i realized that that wasn't really what i was like that wasn't the part of it that i enjoyed and then so i that from there pretty much i, I took a job as a graphic designer for about six years and while i was doing that i started making my first comics and and since then i've been basically full-time making comics for the last 16 years or so that's so awesome man that's so awesome like the the the, the fact that you've been in this 16 years is it it really speaks volumes because when this book when stray dogs first came out admittedly i I didn't recognize any of the names on here i was like who is this who's drawing this what is this this is amazing um and just like i'm sure i'm 
one of many that you know, who the hell is Tony Fleeks and Tris Forrest and her, Tony yeah. Rodriguez. These guys are what the hell? Um, uh, so uh, what, what type of stuff were you working on before you got into Stray Dogs? What were you doing for 16 years? Um, uh, well, t- yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. T- tell us. I mean, what the hell was I doing for 16 years? <laughs> no, um, so what was I doing? I was, uh, I drew kids comics for about the last 10 years or so before. Yeah, okay. So kids comics. That's where a lot of people wouldn't have known anything about us unless they were, you know, eight. Uh, gotcha. But me and Trish both did My Little Pony comics. Um, I did a lot more of them. I've done about 50 issues of My Little Pony and, and hundreds of covers and uh, and all kinds of like all kinds of work for that brand specifically. And then also I did um, Star Wars Adventures comics and Rick and Morty comics and okay. all kinds of stuff. And then covers for all kinds of different kids comics and licensed comics. But it's all sort of just like it's a different market than uh than mainstream comics or like people that even just, you know, read image comics, number ones or whatever. So yeah, we sort of showed up and our names, they were printed on the cover, but they didn't really need to be because it wasn't like, that's what was going to sell it necessarily. You know? Gotcha. Gotcha. So what you're saying is my, my eight-year-old should have been the one schooling me on who the hell yeah, she, you guys she are. She might be familiar with my work. If, or or they, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. No, she, she's, she's all about the, my little pony man. So um, oh, I, 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 I bet you, I bet you, she, she probably was familiar with your work before stray dogs crossed my path, man. I, that, that's awesome. It's uh, so how do you, how do you go from uh, a prolific career in kids books to making the best horror book of 2021? Like how, how, do, how does that work out? Thank you. Um, well, I mean, it definitely comes out of, making my little pony comics um i i used to have ideas for comics um or just stories and and they would be um always about like this guy or this girl get into this situation and then after working in ponies for so long i started to think like all right this guy and this girl get in this situation or this cat and this octopus get into this situation or like you know this long these two llamas or you know so Mm-hmm. Just working in sort of like a talking animal world. I don't know if it if it like uh, fried my brain or if it just sort of like opened up opened it up to different possibilities as far as perspective and point of view. Um, so when I had the idea for for stray dogs, it basically started out. I had the idea for a murderer who took some people's pets as trophies, and it mm-hmm. started there, um, but it didn't really click and become something that I was really excited about making until I got to the point where I was like, all right, it's that, but we tell it from the perspective of the pets who he's taken as trophies, right? Like you tell it from the perspective of the dogs and then you draw it like Oliver and company. And that's way you make it so that people aren't expecting horrible things to happen. And then when we do horrible things, it'll hopefully really hit. That was the, that was sort of what what the initial idea was. And man, I, I gotta say, it, it really did. Like, I don't think I've ever made as many noises reading a comic book than <laughs> throughout the 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 five issues of Stray Dogs. Even even the Dog Days, man, the one and two, those little shorts I just revisited yesterday. And Jesus, man, like, yeah, it, it's oh, but I that that fifth issue of Stray Dogs, I, I remember, I remember standing up during the last few pages, you know, and I, 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 I'm, I'm not lying. Like I, it was, it was 
that much of a holy shit, it's 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 going down type of moment with these. He didn't know what was gonna happen, man. I had no idea what was coming. I didn't, I didn't and it wasn't looking good for the dogs to begin with, you know. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna end the way it did at all. Like I thought it was gonna be well, not not that, not that. Um, but uh, it, uh, but that, that that that's what's great is it wasn't predictable at all, and I think a lot of that was because, like you said, you took this familiar type of happy tone, and then you put it in this very different type of world and situation genre, and you just don't know what to expect when when that's when when that happens, and it, it really was a beautiful thing, man. I don't know if you saw. I do like a. A, a cheersy ceremony every year. You know, it's my little awards ceremony at the, at the oh. beginning of every year. And um, stray dogs. I mean, it, and it's all fan based. Like it's all I, I put poll like extensive polls out on Twitter, and I have all of the readers and fans vote. It's not just my pick, but it was it was pretty unanimous on a couple of uh, categories. Yeah, Best horror. You, you got two. You got hey. two cheersies. <laughs> Uh, the first one for being best horror and uh, the second one for being the best spec book. Um, people are really, really, really counting on this movie. Yeah. Making them a lot of money as collectors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And I, I see it. I do. I, I see this. This going so, so well. So, I mean, can you talk anything at all about the, uh, the development of this, this getting optioned and turned into a motion picture? I mean, I can't really say anything beyond what, uh what what we originally said which is that uh it was optioned by paramount their option is about to be up so at this point now we're deciding you know where where we're going to take it to uh besides them okay so it might not be a paramount uh p- picture it may be a paramount picture who knows right. but but we're we're looking other places as well because it's sort of uh they optioned it before the book even came out and so now it's like the end of that option period is is coming up. Gotcha. Uh, no, no real news right now. But did I, you tell them that you've won two cheersies to speed up? <laughs> <laughs> them on up and just remind The weird uh, thing about that is like, uh, and and like, I'll have to explain stuff to my manager in like real plain English when it's like they don't understand what comic book accolades or sales how that translates to to movie stuff like they don't know what the what the one-to-one is on that so right. it's like when i send them sales numbers or whatever they're just like that's good is that good and i'm like yeah it's <laughs> very good right right yeah no it, it's it's so strange that people that have no real insight to to these types of uh, to this medium have such this stranglehold on the creators <laughs> you know it's it, it's I don't know, man. It's like a vegan trying to tell a a butcher how to do their job. You know, it's it's it's, it's so weird. Like, it's just, you would think that there would be some people like, I don't know, like how, like a Jim Lee type of person, like a, to to go in there and say, look, this is what I do. Like that's how that's why DC kind of works. You know, it's because they have a creator up at the top doing you know making the calls and all this stuff. Not not just in comics. You know, there are other developmental stuff. A lot so, of the studios have like development people who are who are like their comic book guy. Um, and so in cases like that, you know, like I have a friend who that was his job for a while was he would they would just come into his office and be like, you know, uh, what's East of West or, you know, like what's Department of Truth? And then he would sort of break it down for him, tell him, you know, how popular it was or what, you know, somebody with their head in comics that could sort of speak both languages. Gotcha. We have those. 
but well, but they're but they're not the ultimate decision makers in no. the end. Like that that and that's what the problem is. Is there needs to be like that? That's why Fe- Feige, for instance, like yeah. he's the ultimate fan that knows right. how to run shit. You know, like there, I don't know. It, it it just sucks because there's so many great stories out there that are just I don't know. They're, they're, they're held up because people don't understand how great they really are like they they everything yeah. everything can't be an iron the next iron man movie just because it's a comic book movie and that's what they're expecting and i don't know i, I just think it's slowing stuff down as all. Well. i mean for people in my in my position i feel like it's sort of like obviously the the money and the the profile of that sort of thing is super good but as far as like telling your story like I'm I'm very happy with Stray Dogs as as a, as it exists right now. You yes. know, I feel like uh, what was that? Remember in Goodwill Hunting when he says, "Well, maybe you're perfect right now. Maybe you don't want to ruin that." You know, like I love it. I feel like it came out about as good as we could have done it. And so I, you know, like there's part of me that's like, if if there would be a way to just only have it be this, you know, like you know how they like they didn't sell Saga. You know, it's just only is that thing. And and then they're in charge of how good it is forever. And then you're sort of maybe that's like the control freak part of me. But like the idea of just being like, oh, this is this is as good as it's going to get. And it's, it's going to be this. Although. If you could just get somebody to, to Don Bluth it up and just shoot the thing that we wrote, I feel like that would probably be pretty great, too. So, yeah. who knows? Yeah, um, the, it would be animated, right? Or what, what would you guys think live action? I, we would love for it to be animated, but ah, yeah. but like I said, like the the stray dogs, my stray dogs is on your shelf right now, and whatever you know, Paramount or whoever else's stray dogs is that's going to be their thing. Okay, so that hasn't even really been fleshed out yet, as far as well, no Paramount bought it as animation. Oh, okay, sure. gotcha. But gotcha. If we go back out with it, it's you know everything's gotcha. Awesome. Well, I do got to say, even if for some strange reason it never gets made it is still a a, a piece of literature i mean it, it is so amazing man to just give this to, to give a, this series to a new comic book reader you know i i need something new to read i'm just getting into comics what do you like i like horror like my eyes light up i think stray dogs because it's you know you can go out and you get the trades because you're not buying the the first prints of this book anywhere not not for cheap right now but the, the trades are easily accessible they're getting cheaper right now i feel like there's a bit of a like people are the speculators are starting to wane a little bit they're like i don't know if this is gonna happen yeah. so you, you can get them for sort of affordable uh but yeah i get what you're saying like passing it to new readers i was just at heroes con this last weekend and like you can tell when you're pitching it to someone that when it really hits and it and it's a pretty easy pitch, which is what I hear from retailers too. You know, they're just like, if somebody comes in and I know what they like, I can go like, Oh, it's a serial killer that takes people's dogs as trophies. And it's told from the perspective of the dogs. And they're just like, yep, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, seriously. How could you not? I, I I was actually just pitching it to some guys at work today. And I was all, I was like, yeah, hey, talk, talk to, fucking tony fleeks today and you know this is the, the book he wrote and i was <laughs> yeah man um it was it was the same thing their eyes lit up and i was like it's a horror story but it kind of looks like disney in a way and <laughs> you know they're uh i love it man when you hit i was trying to figure out like what the hell disney type of style am i seeing there when you said oliver and company like I, I, this is something that's been bothering me for like a fucking year it's like what is that and it's 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 so oh man it, it's 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 inviting and it, it's it's and then it sucks you in because you can't look away because it really is just this gorgeous type of style and it's more 
it's definitely more fleshed out than it was in Oliver and Company. I feel like that was kind of like a grittier style. Um, the, the, this one, it just it, it's just bold, but at the same time, it still has that that yeah, it feels, type of... feels warm and, and like inviting. That's all Trish, and and that's why I, I asked her to work on it is because uh, I had seen one drawing of a dog that she'd done, but I'd seen a lot of her pony artwork and just sort of like the way that she did acting and the way that she did characters and stuff. I was just like, if this girl, if this woman drew this comic, um, it would, it would look exactly like that, like Oliver and company, like Don Bluth. Um, and, and she, and she was a hundred percent with the program. You know, when I said like, this is what I want it to be, she was like, oh, that's, that's what I love. She loves that classic nineties, eighties animation. And she wanted to do that stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, let's talk about the process of, you know, making this book between you, Trish and Tone. Like it's, it doesn't necessarily say who does what in the credits. So (laughs) break all this down because I, I feel like when, you know, you send these, these books out to get remarked. They come back with two remarks. So are you, you're remarking them as well. You're, you're, I mean, you're obviously an yeah. artist. So, I mean, are, are, do you have any part in the actual visuals of this? Because. Yeah. I was sort yeah. of vague with the credits always because I didn't want it to look like, uh, you know, like when, when somebody's like a, a writer director on a thing and then they just go like, and the credits just have their name like eight times. It's, it always yes. looks obnoxious to me. Yes. So, but yeah, like I'm, I'm an artist. I drew, when, like I drew the My Little Pony comics for years and and and, uh, and it, basically every comic that I've worked on before this, I was the artist on except for Time Shopper, which is this other book uh, that my buddy Christian Meese drew. Um, but but uh, but every other book I, I was the artist on. So okay. with this one, it was sort of and because it's like only the second or third book that I wrote for somebody else to draw. Um, I was sort of control freaky with it where, uh, where I would do thumbnails for every page and I would send the thumbnails to tone, uh, tone Rodriguez. And he would tighten those up into like tight layouts with very tight backgrounds and figures and stuff because Trish was uh, brand new to comics. Like stray dogs. Number one is the first comic she ever drew. No shit. And so crazy. Uh, she needed a little, uh, like a little bit of a boost just to be like, here's like, this is sort of what it is, what it's going to be. Um, and so basically her job was to draw all the dogs, do all the acting. And then she would go in and sort of like tweak the people and the backgrounds and stuff. And then she'd ink everything. And then we'd send it to Lauren Perry, who's the flatter. And she would fill in all the color shapes. And then Brad Simpson, the colorist would, uh, would color everything. And we sort of came to a, uh, agreement on what the style of it was, which is basically rendered backgrounds, no rendering on the characters so that it would look like cells mm-hmm. in an animated thing, right? Where they just have the flat colors. Yes. And then it would come back to me and I did all the lettering, but again, like I wasn't taking a credit for lettering because I'm not a letterer, like, <laughs> you know, like I didn't want, I don't, I don't need to advertise my lettering, but also it just sort of let me have my hands on it the whole time because again, like uh, sort of c- control freaky. Well, um, for, for being somebody that claims to be a control freak, you have no problem uh, making sure everybody else gets their, their equal share of credit because there's this stigma in comics where it's writer, then artist, then everybody else is the finisher. And I, I, it, it like hurts my stomach to think that, you know, like there's 
everybody's a creator on the book. So the fact that you did credit it the way you did, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's awesome. I'd love to see more of it, but as somebody that is naturally curious, I do like to know who does what. <laughs> well, and in a lot of cases, because we did those horror movie covers, you know, it's like, not only do we have the colorist name on the, on the cover and the layout artist name on the cover, but it's yes. like flatter too, and the logo designer and, you know, the lady who does traffic at image and the, you know, the 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 designers at image and the you know that was fun because we sort of got to give shout outs to everybody that's awesome man and it's uh as somebody that you know admires this business and the the, the people that create and as much as i do I, I the more names on a book the better you know i i i'm i'm a firm believer that everybody should get their their credit on the on the cover if if, if possible it's just i don't I, know man Although I'm sure at some point I'll want to do a cover that just has no words on it at all. And then I'll just be like, well, sorry. Sorry, gang. Well, <laughs> well that's that's what the back cover's for. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as long as it's on there somewhere, I don't know. But even then, there's nothing wrong with a virgin cover. I, I love a good virgin cover. Sure. But, ah, man. Um, so speaking of covers and uh, Stray Dogs, man, you guys killed the cover game this year. A lot of, you know, there, there, there's this... This we trend that have collector market with these covers, for that, sure. and no one's mad at you, man, because everybody's so no. excited about all of these that came out. Like it's, there, there, there's, I don't know, there, there's few that I could think of where I was like, "Fuck, I wish they would have done this." Did you guys do a Clockwork Orange one? We did not. I we sort of kept it to straight horror as much as okay. possible. There's a couple outliers. Like, uh, I don't think The Crow counts as a horror movie. And I don't gotcha. get a couple that were animated movies where I was just like, eh. and then some just snuck past us where it was just like one shop did a, a Department of Truth or no, they did a Something is Killing the Children cover. And I just didn't know. I didn't know the reference. So I was just like, all right, this, uh, <laughs> this looks like dogs to me. Let's go. And then, gotcha. gotcha. And then I saw the I saw the Department of Truth or the Something is Killing the Children cover. I was like, oh, I get it. OK, <laughs> I'm slow on the pickup. Well, I mean, there, there there was a bunch that came out, man. It, it, I think they would be natural for there to be a couple to slip through. But I tell you what, though, you guys really did nail it, man. That midsummer homage, like Thanks. that's that was my cover of the year, straight up. Oh, like I, I loved midsummer, and to 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 see that type of art, ah, uh, it, it it just it was it was immediate the second it came out. And being a Goosebumps fan, like all the Goosebumps covers you guys did was just yeah. it was ah. Uh, you nailed that, it, man. That you nailed sort of, it. The Goosebumps one sort of came out of, we'll always go into stuff with like a plan and then it'll sort of a little bit get away from us. But so Goosebumps happened because we did movie posters for the, for all the issues and, and retailer variants and reprints of the first run. And then when we did the trade, I said, all right, well, this is a book. So let's just do horror book covers, you know, novel covers or paperback covers. And everybody was on board for a second. And then people just start going like, oh, what if we did, you know, this movie? Or this? <laughs> and mm -hmm. So then it sort of got away from us again. But Bird City, who did the Goosebump ones, they were cool. They jumped right on. Um, Collector's Paradise here in L.A., they did uh, the Pet Cemetery novel cover. Um, so a few, like a few people were really down with the program and got into that. And then when we did Dog Days, I was like, let's do anthology horror movies because it's an anthology book uh but there we a we'd already used halloween three somewhere else and then there were just like not enough that were iconic posters so we basically only did a couple of them that were that were anthologies you still got them out there though man and uh, i mean people were, were, you know 
I, I I know when uh when when more dog days was or more stray dogs was announced. It was uh, uh I think everybody's first first uh reaction was covers. <laughs> because I mean, that, I mean, granted, you know, everybody loves the story, but the, the 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 covers. I mean, it was just as as somebody that's a completionist and you know just a a horror lover. I mean, you you guys really hit the you gave the market something. I don't think is anything you oversaturated with. I don't think you did anything wrong by doing it. I think people truly appreciated there was something this exciting out there. You know, because you couldn't buy a fucking Pokemon card anywhere. There had to be something else to collect. So, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh... I don't think we considered how many covers there were going to be. I mean, obviously there were way more than we would have even guessed, but at first the, the idea was like, we want to do all these ourselves. you know, like we want them to all be, you know, control them, have them be at a certain level and, or, or farm them out to people that we know. And then very quickly, it was just like, can we use this guy? Can we use this guy? We're just like, yeah, right, I like him. I like him or her, you know? Um, but because we had that plan originally, I think we ended up doing like 30 or 40 covers for that second series just between me and Trish. Yeah. And Tone ended up doing a bunch too. And uh, and yeah, it just ended up being like a, a full-time job that we had that was just like putting these covers together. And then I did the graphic design on almost every one of them. I think every one of them because the thing with those movie poster homages is that even if you get the art exactly right if you don't have the logo right and if you don't have the text right it looks weird Mm -hmm. and so like i think the reason that ours worked besides just like the the juxtaposition of dogs on horror movie posters is is cute and fun Mm -hmm. like the reason they were recognizable is because we always nailed it with the design and 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 even on the ones that we didn't draw we we made sure that we had I would tell the people like, look, turn in whatever you want, but make sure I can turn off those layers because I'm going to change your dumb fonts. Yeah. Well, that does, it's, it's a great thing you did that because it really, I mean, it, it would have, it would have broken the whole, the whole mold of what these were. If, if it didn't, I don't know if it was just a kind of like a swipe, you know, just a, yeah. oh, we, we tried, you know, you, you get it, but no, this is, it's, it's spot on. Like it, the, uh, I don't know, man. I could, I could, I could gush over it all day. It really is. I love these horror oh, covers so much. We really, man. we really put our put our whole heart into those. Uh, I mean, and it's so stupid because it is just like this sort of like aftermarket speculator goofy joke thing where the story is like a serious thing that like, but like I really believe in, and then the covers always like, oh, it's a fun thing that we do too, you know. But we, in both cases, we really, you know, we're very committed to the bit and then to making them you know be as, as good as they could be so i'm glad i'm glad that they that they resonated with you yeah well and me and many others that's for sure um is, is there gonna be more potential stray dog stories i mean it ended in a perfect way like even with the anthology you know the the whole backstory of everything you know it's not i don't feel like there's a need for any more but it's it's definitely i mean people would love to see these sure. dogs again because they're they're fucking lovable i mean i like i i hear i hear voices like their the, the voices and stuff when i read them like i i nerded out as far as to actually go through and dreamcast the animated movie okay like hit me. Voice. oh Let's no see. shit you want to actually hear this um okay so victor i got owen wilson i i i i, I, I that's just the voice i i hear and now granted maybe not the puppy okay. but yeah, yeah. I, I i just I, I don't know i just hear owen wilson's head um sophie i kind of see like a, a cute little mila kunis type of thing but okay. not too not good. too high 
you know, not, not, I don't know. Well, she's a voice actor already. She does family guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think Kevin Hart would kill it as Henry. Like oh, it's not a yeah. comedic type of character, but Kevin Hart doesn't necessarily have to be funny in order for his voice to land. So I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I feel like he would kind of nail that part. Yeah. And that would get across the, cause his voice also like it's animated, but it's definitely masculine. And I like the, I like having Henry be like a, a beautifully quaffed uh, poodle dog who just is like a, a down to earth, you know, regular dude, you know, right. like that, right. Not, not all hoity toity, you know, like Alfred or something like that. You know, that's the low hanging like, fruit there. Even the poodle, like the Bette Midler poodle and Oliver and company was very, it was very posh. Yes. And that's yes. not how this Henry is. He just, that he just gets his haircut like that. Exactly. Exactly. See that that's the, um no i i couldn't hear anybody besides matthew mcconaughey playing rusty you know and I, when i was doing the the just in the anthology series specific or in what was it Do- issue two of dog days i believe when he's trying to coax sophie yeah. like I, I just hear matthew mcconaughey's voice you know like just trying to be cool like come with me man you know this guy's cool i don't that's know i just i just that sort of timbre to to the voice timber 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 uh, timber uh, but like, yeah, that the way that his voice resonates, and oh, Baxter, oh, that's what I say. Yeah, he has that that sort of like the tone that I like. I think Brad Pitt has like the same sort of thing. Yeah, he would be good as well. Right on. Uh, yeah, no, the fuck, Brad Pitt's good too. Um, Earl, I don't know. I I I, I could totally see like uh, I don't know. I go back and forth between like Nick Nolte and Morgan Freeman. You know, I feel like it could be either one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you'd have to get either one of them pretty quick. I feel like they're both, both of them are very old. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Roxanne, Ellen DeGeneres, man. Like, I, I hear just keep swimming when I when I see Over. Roxanne. Like, it's, that's just, she has a, a fun, but also, like, dramatic, holy shit, world's coming to an end type of yeah ability to her too i don't know i think ellen degeneres would kill it as roxanne i think so i hear she's mean but you know ah she's in a booth by herself she'll be fine this is her and the sound guy (laughs) um although i kind of see like a a goofy little chris pratt type of um i I don't know that's that's where i'm at there uh killer um steve carell like i just hear like a a growly type of goofy but yeah, I don't know. Still, like, yeah. I'm, I'm casting all these comedians for a horror, but I feel like they all have enough range to be able to nail the part. Um, yeah, Carell, like when he gets flustered, he has that sort of like the back of his throat, like glottally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, I can, I could totally hear Steve Carell like voicing or voiceovering a dog tearing up a pillow. You know, like I and specifically Aldo, like or not. I'm sorry, not a uh, killer um but uh yeah I, the, the, man i don't know this, this movie needs to get made paramount's fucking up. uh <laughs> gucci ava mendez like that just i feel like yep. that's on point right there i know no other name there but ava mendez um as imogene fucking jessica darrow uh she she played luisa in encanto the the latest disney movie and is that I, luisa is that the, strong the, the strong one yeah like I, I just that 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 scene at the end in issue five, man. Like I I could I could just. I mean, you know who I would cast for Imogene? Oh, Nate please dog. tell, Nate. A dog? No, not Nate. Dog. Rest in peace. 
A dog. <laughs> oh, a dog. <laughs> okay. No, I don't know. That makes Spotty sense. He really barks. Uh, I mean, I like that lady in Encanto quite a bit. But uh, what, how embarrassing would that be? That she's just standing there next to Ava Mendez and Ellen DeGeneres, and she has to wait the whole movie and then just bark three times. You know, that seems, yeah, but seems she, like a waste of her talents. Yeah, you're, you're, that's over. right. You're, you're, you're right. Sure, she would be beloved. Absolutely. And I think that's, I mean, look at Vin Diesel being Groot, you know? I mean, he's, sure. he's, 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 I don't know. She could do it. She could do it. Maybe um, she, we'll see how she is at like snoring sounds and stuff, you know, right? sort of make right. little noises for the rest of the time. <laughs> Uh, you know, if there's a, a, a musical part in it that you decide to put in, she'd nail it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Not that Stray Dogs needs any type of music. Oh, and then um, uh, Other Henry, uh, Stephen Root. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, 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 he just seems kind of like the, 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 the bumbling, possibly bumbling, you know, like, I don't know, like a, a pit bull, like, but not, not, not like a vicious type of pit bull. Like, and that's what I, that's what I loved about other Henry. Like he's a pit bull, but he's not, he doesn't have like those, I don't know. He's an English bull terrier. So he's, oh, okay. he's okay. more of a goofball than oh, all like, right. those, those, those are the kind of dogs I have and they're just, not, they're goofs. Yeah. More than they are intense. So yeah, that, that's a good call. Right on. Well, see, I don't know, man. That's just me nerding out, dude. Like, I, I, I really want to see this, this, this movie. Did I miss any? I don't think I missed any. Did I get them all? I think so. You want to do the, <laughs> this, the first generation dogs from the Masters House? I'm just having fun listening to you. Come up with <laughs> uh, well, we'll save that for part two. How's okay, that? Okay, cool. I'll come um, back. <laughs> the dogs that don't really have lines. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's really hard to catch a voice from dogs yeah. that don't have speaking parts. But that's a Chihuahua what... like his own scene in the in the second the Dog Days series. They they pop up here and there. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, but well, I guess I I, I got to circle back to the question: Is there a possibility of more stray dogs um, oh, in comic yeah. book form? We move right past that. I got uh, excited, no. man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty much all done with stray dogs. I mean with the poss the slight possibility of like if we decided to do like a absolute type hardcover thing we might do like add one more story or um or like extend stuff a couple pages there's a couple places in the book where i'm like i wish i had like two more pages to sort of stretch this out a little bit so we might do stuff like that um but no more stray dogs issues i feel like we were sort of pushing it as it was with dog days where it was just like I like I want all these stories and I feel like super fans want all these stories, but I never wanted to do something where it seemed like that now they're just cashing in, you know? Yeah. No, uh, I, and that's, it, I, it's respectable. Believe me, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, as much as it stings to know that there's not going to be much more, it's, it's but, good to know that you're, you're, you're not in this just for the sake of it. it's an easy, another core <laughs> cover to make some money yeah. on, you know, it's, but me and Trish and tone and the whole team are working on, another thing like we're gonna do more stuff and it'll be you know i mean I, I feel like we're not gonna announce anything but there's obvious jumps you can make where it's just like all right well the people that did this book what if they did this other book would, mm -hmm. that, would, would that be interesting and so we're doing one of those uh it's very early days right now we're gonna show we're gonna talk to image about it at comic-con but uh yeah it's just sort of it's sort of like what our next thing will be and so people that like stray dogs like there's more from us coming in that in a similar world, in a, in like a horror world with animals, so that's awesome. Oh, and with uh, 
See, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. I don't think you could have given me a better answer there, man. <laughs> like, oh, that's so exciting. Um, you know, I, reading this, I and you guys, you guys have no problem with you know, kind of allowing uh, fans to send in their their pictures, and you know, mm-hmm. you guys posting out their you know dog pics and stuff like that. Um, I, you're obviously a dog lover. We've heard in the background you said you've got English bull terriors. Um, least you know me and, me, and, me and baxter have our own relationship you know we're figuring things out yeah yeah that's that's how, how old is he he's like nine years old nine he's years old that's that's awesome man i only got him a couple years ago so we're just you know we're we're best friends but we're still you know figuring each other out yeah yeah that's, that's how it is with uh me and roadie i i got a a red nose that i rescued a, a, a I guess it's been about a year, year and a half ago now, maybe two years. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's fun, man. Like I, 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 I love these damn creatures. It's, it's, and that's, that's why this, this book hits so hard with me too. It's cause you know, like it's hard to, to, to approach this and be like, Hey, are you a dog lover? Well, <laughs> read this. <laughs> but um, at the same time, you know, it's, I don't think it would hit as hard for, say you know i i I don't want to say a cat person but somebody that's not a dog person you know like just one of those people um now (laughs) uh, when reading this like i'm i'm all over the place with this um there's are any of these dogs in here inspired by former pets like there's obviously i'm guessing baxter isn't your first dog oh yeah no uh other henry is uh is my ex's dog basically exactly awesome (laughs) and then um roxanne is based on trisha's dog eve that she still has i just saw eve this weekend she was at uh heroes con oh i love Um, it and a couple of them like one of them aldo is based on a friend of mine's dog and killer is based on a friend of mine's dog and then other friends dogs we would sort of sneak into the background and other like when they go to a dog park all those dogs are like people who's who we know's dogs and stuff um that's, that's awesome so you guys aren't just throwing darts at a encyclopedia of dogs and going well, okay i guess it's a great day this time in some cases we were sort of casting by breeds or by size or whatever we would sort of look at different dog breeds and go like well i want one that is this kind of character and looks like okay. this. like we knew that earl was a hound dog just because we wanted him to have that jowly old man looking mm-hmm. sort of face and um we knew that Imogene was, well, I guess we didn't know she was a Tibetan Mastiff. We just knew she was one of these dogs that's just like a mountain. Um, and so um, a few of them were, were just basically like, this is the, the style of dog we want here. Same with Sophie. Like I knew the, the vibe of her that I wanted. We didn't know she was a Papillon until we started like Googling around and figuring out like it, exactly which dog we wanted. And then Rusty's like, sort of a mutt, uh, shepherd mutt. But we, that was more like we drew the dog and then we figured out which dog we had drawn. So gotcha. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Ah, well, I, I'm, I'm sure that there's, there's quite a few people at the dog park that's super stoked that they, yeah. they, they picked that park. Their dogs are low key famous in a, in some sort of way, man. That's, ah, I don't know. I, I, it's, it, it blows my mind how a, a book like this, I mean, these, these characters, these, lovable little creatures could be involved in such a horrific type of 
the, the plot line with this. I mean, what what uh, I I I got to know when when you're when you're outlining outlining all of this. Are you are you worried at all about the I don't know, the uh I guess like the PETA type of people, the, the the people that get outraged over stuff like this, or have you had any type of? <laughs> no, I wasn't worried about PETA specifically because we, we these were cartoon dogs, and so I, I like I, even if somebody had had some issue with it in that way, I'll be like, well, these are not real. Like they, you know, well, obviously, no, obviously, no dogs were harmed. <laughs> we were really worried about the like people who love dogs that just cannot stand to see them hurt because part of the like part of the built into the like the works of a, of a horror story is like people are going to die, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if you do a horror story about dogs, probably dogs are going to die. Otherwise it sort of like doesn't have the stakes that, that you want it to have. Um, so we were really concerned about that. And, the, and there were a few people that like early on when the book was solicited or when issues like they read issue one, and then I had people email me or, or message me and say, Hey, I really like this, but I have to know, like, I don't want to get into this and get invested if dogs are going to die because I just can't. And I would write him back and say, Hey, listen, like, we appreciate you giving it a shot, but that, you know, probably should dip out, you know, <laughs> and know that we did like, we weren't just like sacrificing dogs willy nilly. Like we didn't do anything without thinking about it or, or no, no, there was nothing <laughs> egregious or anything like that. I mean, this isn't a, a, like a shock value type of book, you know, I, I don't think it was overdone in any yeah. type of way. We weren't trying to do cannibal Holocaust or anything. We just were <laughs> right. like, we we're just telling a story and, and part of stories is that you've got it. Sometimes you have sacrifice. Um, but yeah, so we were worried about that. And, and the way that the story structured, we sort of, knew that we would have sold issue five, like issue five would be ordered by the time issue three came out. So we were just sort of like, all right, well, <laughs> you know, if everybody stops buying it at issue three, we're good because those are not returnable at that point. And so we'll just, whatever, whatever we make on issues four and five, we'll, we'll at least have made that already before people start to hate our guts. Um, and then what ended up happening was the opposite that, once we once we started doing that to dogs that's when people really got interested in the book which is i, I hope a coincidence you know <laughs> and, well, sure that, and i think that's that's like part of the magic behind this too you know that's it's, it's just when it gets i don't want to say bad but bad for the dogs is when it really starts getting good like yeah. really starts getting good and you realize that there's some weight to this this isn't going to fall flat you know, it's not going to be a big setup for, you know, nothing to happen. And and what was yeah. really weird about it was that um, once I knew what the like when I had the thing outlined, there was a part in issue four where it said something, the dogs find something horrible. And I didn't know exactly what it was, but it was sort of like I built the whole thing with this thing where they see something horrible and then it kicks off the, the race to the end. You know, um, and once I figured that out while we were already working on the book, but once I had that figured out, I was very confident in the whole end of it. Like, I was just like, I know from, you know, like if we get them up through the end, like at the end of issue three, from there to the end, I feel good about it. Um, And like, you remember Chris, like I would, I would, you would give notes and stuff, but we were always just like, but this is good from here on out. Right. Once you hit that point, everything, everything works. And so it was, it was a strange thing, especially because I'm generally not overly confident in, in like my stories or my 
my outlines, I'll feel good about it, but I'm not just like, oh, this is going to be good. So a lot of it was just hoping people would get to issue, issue three. Like if they get to the end of issue three, I'm like, I got it because I, I feel really good about this. So yeah, I was happy that it did start to, to tick up from there because I feel like the, the, those were the issues that I was the most proud of. That's well, I, don't know, there, you, I mean, there's clearly love shown into you know, the process throughout all of this. But when, once once three hits, you can almost sense the writer's excitement as well. Like you, you, you like it's it's it, it's it's pretty noticeable, um, man. I you, you, you I, I got to say this is really I read a lot of comics. I mean, I, I read a shit ton of comics every week and it's so rare that something resonates with me as long as this i mean what do we what over a year now since issue one yeah. right and so, I, I i still remember it like i read it yesterday you know like that's it, it, it hits so hard so i mean i i can't wait to see what else you do in another type of creature <laughs> you know in this is you thinking horror as well like are, are you oh, yeah. pretty stuck in the horror genre yeah no so uh with trish uh, we're staying in the horror genre. It's going to be with a, with a different kind of animal. And then I'm doing a book that's sort of like a, a, a revenge uh, creature hybrid type thing with my buddy Chris Moreno. A book called Crosshairs that we advertised at the end of Dog Days. It's going to be about rabbits. Well, it's going to be about one rabbit specifically, but there will probably be other rabbits in it. So I'm guessing that's H-A-R-E-S then? Yeah, of course. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I have another book called Local Man. Uh, that's a book that I'm collaborating with Tim Seeley on. We're both writing, both drawing it. Nice. Uh, and then I have this book, Time Shopper, uh, that I wrote, and my buddy Christian Misi, who's here right now, doing um, doing sketches on the inside of these. We we kickstarted this book, and that's just a straight sci-fi comedy book that's like a European format graphic novella comedy. Yeah, and it's a oh. it's about a guy that gets a job time traveling. He's supposed to go travel through time and like stop history's greatest disasters. Like he's supposed to, you know, warn the Titanic and kill baby Hitler and stop JFK from getting shot. Um, but they give him money, like the people who hire him give him money to you know be able to get around in olden times. And as soon as he gets back in time and sees how cheap everything is, he just gets distracted and doesn't do any of the stuff he's supposed to do. So it's sort of a it's like a real wish fulfillment thing for me where I, everybody that ever goes like, oh, if I could go back to when I was a kid and buy, you know, all the Star Wars toys or you know, the Ninja Turtles toys or whatever, all the stuff that's too expensive now. I love it. Oh, and are you going to have this available at the con? Uh, yeah, we'll have it along with you. Con. It's, uh, it's going out to Kickstarter patrons now. Nice. Um, but I asked them in the in the comments if it'd be OK for me to take it to the few cons I'm going to. And they seem to be OK with that. I would. I always feel bad because I think everybody's given to a Kickstarter where like they're waiting for theirs to show up and then they see it in like a store or something. And they're just right. like, the fuck is this? We've all been there, man. We've all been there. So I'm not doing that. Like it's not going to any stores, but I'll have it with me if I go to a convention or something. So yeah, definitely grab one of those. I'll have probably 10 or 15 copies with me. Nice. Nice, man. I'm excited. Um, you are definitely on my radar now, sir. I know that you're much more prolific than just stray dogs at this point. Um, well, I'm going to have to go through and look at uh, some of the, the my, my kids, old My Little Pony issues to see if there's any uh, any 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 names on there I recognize, man. They did. They they would put the names on the cover. So you'll you'll be able to see pretty easily if I if I was in the mix. I, I would almost guarantee if your kid has more than four My Little Pony comics that I probably drew one of them. 
but that's that's amazing i love <laughs> oh that's so awesome no oh, she definitely does then oh man um yeah, i i know we're kind of uh we, we're, we're getting there um i i have to know uh anytime i bring on a new creator I have to ask the uh, the unimportant questions, but the stuff that we're, us as fans are all dying to know. It lets us know kind of where your your mindset is in comics just a little bit. And um, I I like to ask, who's your favorite protagonist in all the comics? It doesn't have to be superhero, just your favorite protagonist in all the comics. I want to say Usagi Ojimbo, just because really? like, like I can always sort of vibe with him. Um, but also, um, I like Alana and Saga. Uh, I think she's great, especially since they've come back. Like, I like her new sort of like hardened world weary, you know, like yeah. where she's lost the love of her life. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I read a lot of comics, um, and I tend to follow writers and artists more than I follow characters. So that's a little bit of a tougher one for me. Cause I can, I can do like who are the creators that I like, but the characters is a little tougher. Cause like, I'll like a character until somebody comes and sucks writing them. And then I don't like that. Them. Well, that, that, that's fair. That's fair. Well, uh, okay. Well, let, let, who, who, who are the, uh, uh, the top artist, top writer that you follow? Oh, I mean, I guess Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips probably. Ah, nice. As far as like consistency they always seem to be at about the top. So like for, for currently probably that all time uh, I used to be without fail. I would say my favorite writer was, was uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Um, but like he hadn't, he hasn't really grabbed me in a couple of years. Uh, dude, there. I was the same way, man. He was, he was what reignited my love for comics, you know, yeah. reading his Iron Man run and all that. Then he went over to DC. He went from writing my favorite character of all time, Iron Man, to going over to DC and writing my least favorite character of all time in Superman. And I was like, dude, you just kicked me in the nuts, man. Like, I, I thought we were cool. You know, I was, you were my favorite. I was sticking up for you. Well, but, I always like no matter what I would read with him, he always has something that, that I think is interesting. And he, like he still always does something cool. But as far as like his hit ratio used to be like everything he put out, I was like, mm-hmm. that's, that's incredible. You know, like he, he was all, like every issue was great for me. Now I feel like I'm a little more that way with, with Brian K. Vaughn. Um, mm. I think he does less, like he does less books so he can sort of like make him a little more concentrated. Um, Jason Aaron's a guy like that for me who I think. Yes. Is great. Um, but, and then like all timers, uh, David Lapham, Stray Bullets, Terry Moore, Strangers in Paradise, et cetera. Nice, um, man. And then artists all time. Uh, I'm like a cliffhanger guy. So J. Scott Campbell, Joe Matarera, um, and current artists. Uh, shit. I don't know. Uh, there's, there's so many of them out there, yeah. man. I was going to say uh, John Romita Jr., but he's sort of, I feel like his Spider-Man book is, is not as good as his, as his older stuff was either. So I'm sort of, I always believe in that guy too. Like, I feel like he's always going to do something I like, even if yeah. it's not on every page. Yeah. Yeah. No, this Spider-Man's very, it's got a different type of this. I mean, it just not even just his, you know, the art in Spider-Man, like everything about Spider-Man right now, it just seems different. You know, yeah. I'm not saying we can't get used to it, but 
I don't well, know. I mean, like, even just the writing, like Dan Slott sort of had that thing locked down for so many years. And then I think Nick Spencer wrote it for like five years or something, right? Like, uh, he, it was uh, like two and a half. He put out like 93 right. issues in like two and a half years. It was Oof. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they ended it at 93. And then, um, well, I take that back. I, I don't, I think he ended it like 88 or something like that. Then they had different teams cycling for five issues, making it super confusing. And mm-hmm. then they just ended it and gave it to Zeb Wells. And yeah, um, it's just a, it's Spider-Man's different right now. I don't know. Um, but the fact that John Romita Jr. is drawing a Spider-Man book, you know, like that's. I'm interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, Tony, I, I seriously, I have like another half a page of questions I can ask you. Um, I, I, I'd love to have you back, man. When it's, when it's, you start promoting whatever's next, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be at your heels for sure. Cause I, yeah. I, I had a good time with this, man. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see a fan expo Denver in a few days. I'm excited yeah. for that. If you got any questions are- you, that can't wait, just ask me at Denver and I'll, I'll give you the answer. And then you, you keep right it on. from your listeners. Right yeah. on. Hey, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for stray dogs. Thank you for uh, my little pony. Shit. I, I got to thank you for my little pony, man. Like that's, that's my kid's shit, bro. <laughs> you know, you know. Keep your eye out for time shopper. That'll be uh that's going to, if you Kickstarter back to, that'll be in store soon or in your, in your mailbox soon. Right. And if you did not, it's going to be available through a couple different online retailers and stuff like that. soon. So keep an eye out for that cool man we're really proud of that and i have uh 2000 copies of the book in my house right now and they all look pretty sick like it's just like a big awesome uh package like i'm very happy with the the way that it came out so and gorgeous you know drew the crap out of it so it's just it's 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 exciting to have a new thing to put out after you know stray dogs came out a, a year ago this thing has been in the hopper for more than a year it's just we've been really trying to get it out there Kickstarter is a whole other thing. It's a monster, man. Yeah, it's a, it's exciting. We got we got new books coming out, and I'm excited about that. We're, I'm excited to hear it. I am uh, seriously. I, it's it's. I can't wait to continue to follow you, Tony. It, it really has. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I've been wanting to do this since I opened up issue one of stray dogs and i've been procrastinating and the fact that you were as cool i, I about should this. say so that was like a year and a half ago well to be fair i did take like a five month hiatus and you okay. i you know what you're actually my first guest i've had back since coming on hiatus like i i wanted to make sure it was a banger of a guest i wasn't just going to interview anybody and uh the, yeah no i when you said yes i said okay it's time it's time oh. to do another creator corner <laughs> well and, if you feel yourself starting to slip again and not and not be on episode just hit me up and i'll make sure you come back and, uh, and stay productive i want you to keep making your show i appreciate that man thank you so much tony you uh, it, we'll talk soon man we'll talk in a few days in person yeah very exciting all right brother cheers all right later Well, there you have it. Episode 386 is in the books, officially. Another creator has been cornered. Tony Fleeks. I really, this is seriously somebody that has been on my radar for a very long time. From the moment Stray Dogs came out, I thought, well, probably way too big of a deal to ever want to come on my show. Like, look at all the accolades he's getting right now. Every Everybody knows who Tony Fleeks and Trish Forstner and tone rodriguez is you know it's just 
Yeah, I, I, I thought they were like seriously way, way, way out of my league. And as it turns out, um, I might have, I might have just been in their league. I don't know. No, I'm not saying that. This is the part where a co-host would usually come in and play the heel and like call me, you know, just like completely scoff at that idea. You know, you know I don't know. It's because <laughs> it is ridiculous to even you think for a second that this podcast is in their league but but fact is is that i got them i got them i got them i got them and it, I, I had a, an amazing time um and I, I seriously i did have like another half a page of just fun ridiculous questions i could have asked but uh <laughs> what i really was super grateful for was the fact that he let me nerd out on my on my fan casting uh, you know who these voice actors could be. You know, if Paramount pulls their head out of their bunghole, you know, and gets get some shit going. Like I don't know. Some of I feel I feel like he kind of liked actually. Like I thought he was legit. Like all right, no, I see that. But a few of them I could kind of tell. Like he was like, I, I, I what? Owen Wilson? Wow. <laughs> I just, um, <laughs> but I don't know, man. It was a good time and. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you did. And if you did enjoy it, then show your support. You know, let me know you enjoyed it. Let me know you enjoyed this episode without telling me you enjoyed this episode. And by that, I mean, uh, hit up the shopcheerstocomics.com, man. Like, you know, just get some great books at a good deal. My penguin uh shipment should be arriving here within the next week or two i would imagine since you know the first foc order i placed a couple weeks ago now that's exciting as hell um and uh, so yeah the, the website's just gonna get pumped up i'm gonna have a whole giant batch of dc books coming um i've been kind of ordering low and there's a minimum so you haven't really been seeing me put up a whole lot of dc books on the website but please believe there's a fixing to be an explosion of uh recent dc books going up soon so get all excited about that and i try to be competitive with the prices man i do uh so you know whatever the ebay price is i, I, I try to make sure that it's you know noticeably lower you know, and I'm not trying to undercut anybody. That's not what I'm about. I'm trying to make sure that people know where to get the best deals on comics. And I continue to further that deal when you use code PODCAST at checking out. So, you know, that's a little code for you listeners to save even more money. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really just kind of my thank you to you as well for, you know, tuning in and all of that good stuff. And, yeah. Yeah, and when when the code podcast is used, it like really really warms my heart and and makes me just want to do extra things for people. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time, but you know, I, I've been known to be kind of a generous person from here to there. From here to there. <laughs> here and there. <laughs> from here to there. Jesus Christ. Um yeah, I what it is the my my giddiness. It's a combination of just getting ready to talk to uh, Tony Fleeks, and at the same time, the fact that I'm getting ready to shake his hand um, as I record this tomorrow. But as you have, by the time you listen to us to this, it would have been 
in the past. But uh, I'm 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 giddy as a goddamn schoolgirl for Fan Expo. So and if you're not if you want to get you know just kind of see what Fan Expo is all about, it, it's 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 a new thing in Denver. This is only year two, and I really technically consider it year one because last year they were like, dude, we're running at like fifty to sixty percent, and I want to say they're sixty percent. About 80% showed up, so you do the math as to, like, yeah. Um, it's it's going to be a banger this year. Very, very few cancellations. None of them, I mean, this is going to sound shitty to say, but none of them that's really going to hurt anybody. Not not. It's not going to be enough to make anybody go, well, fuck this, I'm not going. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's, yeah, but follow the coverage, because I am going to be, you know, doing a whole bunch of live coverage, you know, and that's going to be through the Cheers to Comics Facebook group. I urge you to join that group. Um, I, I'm, I've got this dinky little goal of 750 members, which were over 700 at this point. And when that happens, I'm going to give away a random book or, or I mean, well, not a random book, um, a book to a random group member and, uh, you'll have your choice. And it's not just any book. It's, I'm not going to send you you know, freaking, wow, what, 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 just like a random book, Nightwing number 17, you know, I won't, I wouldn't do that to you, um, I've got some, some slabs, and not just one, I've got four of them that you're gonna have the, the option to choose from, and it's, all you gotta do is join the group, that's it, join the group, and you're gonna get dope coverage, too, you know, stay in, stay in tune even further with what's going on with the podcast, it's a fun group, you know, it's engaging, and, and, it's, crazy supportive for oh that sound oh, that's not your car going off or anything i forgot i got the press going hang on oh, i'm so sorry about that i i've got i'm getting like i said i'm getting ready i think one of the books that i'm going to send out and do the the jim lee signing with is in the press right now it all depends on how it comes out this i have never pressed a book like this before um, this, uh, it's, it's, uh, like a prestige bound, what is it? It's Deathmate Black. That's what it is. So first Gen 13, you know, I know Jim Lee didn't do Gen 13, but he does have a first character appearance in there. And I'm also going to have him sign my darker image as well. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to go with an X-Men number one Magneto cover. And that's the thing is it's three signatures and some other stuff for like a hundred bucks. And considering that's Jim Lee, I'm all about it. I'm so all about it. And, uh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm seriously geeking out, people. I am legitimately excited for Fan Expo. I had a crazy fun time last year. And if you followed the coverage at all, you could see that. And it's we're going full force this year. You know, I'm not going to have to have my, my goofy-looking face covered up. So, you know, most of my excitement is hidden behind a mask this year. You know, I don't think they're requiring masks. I don't know. No one said anything. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I'm so, 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 so excited. Um, so I'm going to let you go now. <laughs> I'm talking to you like it's a phone call. We're family, though, people. You know, I'm just, I get excited. I want to tell my family shit. This is why I have the podcast. So express the excitement. Um, all right. I will talk to you the next time there's things about comics to talk about. In the meantime, I command you stay safe and read responsibly. Cheers. You fuckers.
Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. I'm John Chang. This is Drew Zuck. This is Mark Russell. Uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think The Apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because The Apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the apocalypse. It's like the apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the apocalypse is sure to have something for you.